0: Hello and welcome to Ashes of the Imperium, a 40k podcast from sunny England. My name is Dan. And I'm Steve. Join us as we explore the 41st millennium in all its glory, as we talk narrative gaming, Warhammer lore and awesome hobby.
1: From the grim dark corners of Imperial hives, to the outer reaches of Xenos infested space. Welcome to the Ashes of the Imperium.
0: Hello and welcome to episode 51 of Ashes of the Imperium. My name is Dan. I am, as always, joined by the illustrious Mr. Steve Foote. And today we are talking all about Crusade. How are you, Steve?
1: I'm very good. Very good. Excited Excited for this.
0: I'm incredibly excited. Uh, Not only because we're going to be talking about tanks, and I'm, I'm quite fond of tanks, but also because uh, my crusade journal arrived a day early. Nice. So I've been flicking through my crusade journal. I'm trying to work out at the moment whether or not it would be unprofessional for me to bring in my crusade journal to all my work meetings. <laughs> and they'd be like, uh, yeah, Dan, could you just take note of that? And I'd be like, yeah, sure. Let me just whip out my journal. <laughs> Make a note of it in my crusade journal. Or whether I could, obviously, because oh, the crusade journal itself contains lots of crusade sheets i would probably need to have some sort of lined paper in there um so maybe once i've used it all up i will de, you know like de spine it and then reuse the uh the cover
1: <laughs> depends what power level the meeting is really i guess well absolutely yeah
0: hopefully it's a power level meeting not a points meeting because oh
1: <laughs> yeah blimey
0: that gets complicated fast in <laughs> that. <there? laughs> So uh, today we're going to be talking about the first of a two-part series where Steve and I are going to be exploring our first forays into our crusade campaign, which is a hashtag keep calm and crusade on. And we're going to be, we challenged each other to create two 25 power level troll detachments to, uh, to act as the, the foundation for our, our initial forays into this system. So it's, it's, they are our first Ninth edition armies and they are our first attempt at creating a crusade force. And, uh, yeah, as I say, we're going to do Steve's now, and uh, we're going to do mine next week. Uh, They're both astro-militarum armies, and we'll kind of get onto that later, but actually... um with the release of the fort Field Manual, we've noticed that uh, some key Forge drilled units have, have gone missing. So uh, they will be both Army, and well, I guess we'll we'll get to some reflections on that on ma- on how I'm going to build mine at the end of the episode, and then we can kind of take that into the uh, into next week uh, in a little bit more
1: detail. Yeah, and and the fact that I am going to use some index models for mine. Um, so yes, we uh, a very much narrative driven mine but i have to say it's been first time i've done a astro army and doing it properly so that i've got something that will fit into a detachment where many of my games are so themed they just come along and we kind of agree command points and all that sort of stuff so yeah it's been it's been learning for me about how to play the game properly.
0: Well, you say that, but you are still going to be using old index models. So you're, you're still <laughs> adding a, a sprinkling of steel foot on top of this. <laughs> Can't
1: help myself, can I?
0: No, you're just you're just non-stop insatiable. Um, so, right, just to remind our listeners, or perhaps we've got new listeners who have never heard you speak about this army before, uh, remind us briefly of what the concept of your army is.
1: So for me, um, I, I love the idea of the Talan, like Dan, a massive tank nerd. So... F- The idea of having this battle group that's going to be used in the classic Talan sense and that they would be outflanking, they would be operating deep behind enemy lines, striking at key places, um, overrunning supply depots, uh, ambushing, so discovering, calling in airstrikes and orbital strikes on key locations. Um, Not necessarily a classic uh, long-range desert group SAS model. Uh, because we're going to have tanks and armor. So we're going to be a bit tougher than that. Um, so that was the concept. Um And that led me to the idea that I wanted um, everything kind of mechanized. So everything has got some tracks or wheels to sit in. Um, and from there, I've just been evolving out. Um, it kind of all started, there was a um, apocalypse box set that was out i don't know how long was that Dan, six months nine months when,
0: when apocalypse came out oh yeah that'll be it yeah um <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever that is I, I don't know how many months but <laughs> that's a nice easy easy marker for everyone time so, time has a funny a funny mode at the moment you know i'll be like oh yeah just a couple of months ago and then I'm like, no, no no it's it's been about six months or you know yes so you say six months but it's probably been about a year
1: yeah probably is, yeah no you're right. so uh, I, that was like my that was like the box set that came out and I went fantastic. that's three Lehman Russ, uh chimera, some infantry uh some heavy weapons, and a command squad. like good to go. That's a core box set so so for me, that's where where it all started, and then I've been trying to add things that kind of make sense based on their role. so I've got no mobile artillery or anything like that because that would generally sit a bit further back behind the front line. Um, And that doesn't make sense when we're very much hit and run. Now, whether that changes as my army grows, I don't know. But right now, I'm not using that. And then for me, the challenge was that I have this sort of vision for the bigger army. But how do I make sure the elements that I've got, I can turn into 25 power level? So yeah, it's kind of where I've got to.
0: And so just kind of going down that lane of... I guess units that you've excluded with with you've mentioned kind of self-propelled guns and artillery to an extent but is there anything else in the book that you kind of perhaps had in mind for the future but you still excluded from this initial list because it didn't fit with your your overall concept
1: I guess I guess for me um, a great looking army is always one that's got lots of scale in it and at the moment I'm I've, I'm doing quite well and that I've got the little um, Tauros desert buggies and i've got the chimera and then i've got the Rust. but a super heavy would certainly allow me to join into some you know games with big bigger boys um especially as one of my mates got a load of knights so having but again it's does the super heavy is it mobile enough is it fast enough i don't know so you know when you come to play that maybe it gets painted but maybe it's from a different regiment maybe suddenly the my battle force has been given the role of supporting the super heavy or getting this super heavy through enemy lines. I don't know, but that might mean it ends up getting painting a slightly different color because it's not part of the regiment or mm, I can come up or with even reason- the
0: same colors, but different transfers, different kind of, uh, you know, regiment markings.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's a battalion or, you know, divisional asset that is, is painted or marked in a different way and how I mark the tanks at the moment. I'm still not sure. Um, we can talk about that probably at a later date. But but yeah, um I, I guess I I guess it makes perfect sense to have some air assets. Um they can obviously be a little bit pricier and I need to kind of fully understand how they now work in the game. But I think again it would make sense that this if this um, you know, operating deep behind enemy lines, you see an you know, a valuable asset to be able to call in, you know, airstrikes would make sense. So I think I think probably some wings would be a, a step up. I think.
0: Oh right, so you're thinking whilst it might fit the army conceptually, it's not something you've included in this time, but something you're going to be including in maybe sort of the next expansion.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely going to do phases. The, the, the challenge is that if I if I just wait until I've got everything, it's going to be months before it's on the table, and I I don't really want that. Um, so I think for me, that's where. Uh, it's got 100 power level where i'm at at the moment will once that's all done that's easily playable you know different options for 25s and 50s but then phase two depending on who i'm playing and and also how the army plays you know you might just suddenly need something else with with, with the games that my mates want to play so and also um, like
0: the way the requisition points work it costs you one requisition point to expand your army by five power and so you could theoretically you know maybe do your army in kind of modular chunks of like i'm not going to bother um upgrading it until at least 10 power and then i can do a, another chunk that might be a couple of units or that might just be one one tank or one fly unit do you know what i mean
1: yeah and, and obviously that does involve me winning some games which you know well you know
0: <laughs> what's yeah. you know what's uh what's requisition points if they're not for spending yeah exactly
1: exactly exactly and you can't you can't keep them you can't hold them up for too long can you
0: no because once you go over five they um your excess is just burnt isn't it yeah yeah and you, you so. get one every every game anyway don't you
1: yes 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 win or lose so. so
0: you know you don't really need to win you just need to play lots of games in which you lose <laughs>
1: exactly exactly
0: it's <laughs> just, just meta game it mate you know oh, we'll get together and be like, right, just, we're gonna play a game and you've like, oh, i've played 100 games i've lost them all <laughs> who have you played against uh the first person was beave foot the second person was Steve Foot. <laughs> like, oh, your, your family are really into Warhammer and they've got really unimaginative names, Steve.
1: Yeah, my my, uh, my crusade journal will become over 14 volumes. Won't it? Exactly, yeah. Like one of those, uh, you know, uh, older encyclopedias. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Encyclopedia Fotanica.
0: Oh, There we go. Right, very good. so uh, hit us with a name. Have you got a name for your force?
1: Yes. So we're going to be the 152nd Talan Regiment, but we're known as the Sakers. The Saker is a type of desert falcon back on Terra. Um, so for me, that kind of hinted at their um, background from, t- from Talan itself. Um, we had a discussion about whether the Warlord should be leading a combat patrol at 25 power level. But um, for me, i super tempted in that he kind of leads from the front. I mean, they're very much about um, being fast and agile. So having um, having our warlord leading made sense. Um, um, so we're going to start with, uh, he's going to be a company commander, and he is Major Jahar. He is my warlord. So already, before we even started getting too far in, I've spent one requisition point to be able to give him uh, the warlord trait um and i'm going to give him the talan one so um just going kind of full on and just using all the talan keywords so that i've built something that should reflect everything they do um i've uh, also given him a plasma pistol because he is that brave um and i spent another requisition point to give him the relic, which is the Claw of the Desert Tiger.
0: Now, is the Talon Wall of trait still the ability to charge even if you fall back? Correct. And So I- this,
1: this is me being optimistic that I will survive a fight long enough to actually <laughs> fall back. <laughs> so what have
0: you included in your force? What next unit have you included in your force that's going to take advantage of an ability to charge even though they've fallen
1: back? So I see him operating with something that I've got Um, in the post at the moment but but coming in i I watched a few of the uh, very good tabletop tactics videos and they're big fans of talan and and realized quite quickly that um i'm going to need some form of combat punch which i didn't have originally so um i've got six bullgrins coming
0: oh tasty
1: so they will just about shoehorn in the oiled up into a chimera so what I'll be able to do is...
0: Oiled up for is possibly the least appetizing concept that you've
1: brought to this podcast, Steve. Thank you for that metal, uh, mental image. I've peaked. I've peaked. That's it. My work here is done. <laughs> so, yeah, I definitely see him using that for them to be able to retreat out and come back in and make sure they fight first. So that will be, that will be good. But also himself, you know, he's got the claw of the desert tiger. So if he... Um, which is... Which, you know... It, it, it still only uses strength, so we're not necessarily um, doing a lot. But it's, Is that
0: a Talan-specific um, relic, is it?
1: Yes, famously used uh, by Captain Al-Rahim of the 3rd Talan. So I've modelled this onto my um, company commander by uh, using the Commissar blade that came in my box set. So um that looks quite scimitar and uh, it's got the old um power cable on it so yeah so hopefully uh, two extra attacks minus three ap two damage you know might make a difference yeah so
0: sounds good i like it yeah. so you've got a, an hq and he is he is uh, the sort of model wise uh or rules wise, he's a company commander isn't he
1: Yes, company commander. So And, and six Borgrens. Uh, so six Borgrens are for not within the 25. They're there ah, for later okay. on.
0: You said, why, right. why
1: was I giving him the ability?
0: Ah, yeah. I see. So so actually, those Borgrens aren't in at all in your initial 25.
1: No, no. Ah, but
0: So you're, you're being cunning and future-proofing your army for your future plans. Yes,
1: yes, because that's one of the things for Crusade, is once something's kind of... Once it's in, st- it's in. And, unless you want to pay, in, you know... Uh, one requisition point to rearm them with something different in which case yes you can but but yeah ultimately once it's in it's here and, and i think and i think ultimately key is going to be we are going to be having to fight things close hand to hand and to be able to do that i think we'll, we'll we'll be good so yeah so that's my command
0: makes absolute sense and i suppose next up we should talk about your two minimum troops for the patrol detachment that
1: you've taken so you say two well at least two so Patrol detachment says one to three in my book.
0: Ah, does it say one to three? Uh, sorry, I'm, uh, I'm just talking rubbish, aren't I? It's one. So go on, talk to me about your troops then.
1: Yes, so my, my troop choice is just an infantry squad and with a box sergeant, a rocket team, and a flamer. So trying to be practical and that we, you know we are there as a screen, we are going to get up close and personal, so the flamer will do some work there. And the rocket team gives me some flexibility, so... Um, between the crack and the frag. I think I've lent heavier on rockets because classically that's how we see them being used. And obviously, trudging through the desert in their flip flops wasn't going to be much fun. So they've got a chimera um, and that's got a hunter killer on it. Um, I've done that for both my chimeras. The reason for that is I see these as being the infantry transport to, to support the tank platoon. Tank platoon is going to be fighting other tanks. So, I didn't think it was unreasonable to give the um, you know, infantry fighting vehicles something to be able to um, help with that. But what I haven't done is when I've come to some of the later things, I've got an Atlas and I've not, and a, a, a Torox command truck, I've not put hunter killers on those. They wouldn't be near the front. They wouldn't be carrying that sort of kit or we'll have operators on board that were skilled to use them. So, um, so yes, yeah, so I have got that for my chimera. I've got a cheeky elite. Um, um, he needs a better name than this. But what his role is is master of ordnance. Okay. So his I, what I see him being is I see him being as my like the forward air controller.
0: That's what I was about to say. Forward air controller. Yeah. Or forward observation officer.
1: Yes. One so, of those two could work. So the idea being that um, although he doesn't have rules to connect him those things particularly um i would say that because he's there i can use them and again i think um you know he's
0: your jtac essentially isn't he
1: yes yeah exactly and he does he does have the once per game bombardment and that could you know that could make a difference um to power level um he fits between the troops, the commander, and him—they all fit in the chimera, so no one's having to sit on the back in the sun. So that I thought that just kind of worked nicely. Plus, the fact that what I'm thinking about is if we can get a few, get some experience on these these guys early on, then they're kind of only going to get better if they're not dead, of course, or battle scarred. But you know, I think it would add flavor to them quite quickly. So, so that's kind of my um, that's kind of the core. Of my patrol
0: okay so we've got a company commander an infantry squad and a master of ordnance yep
1: backed up by two chimeras uh one chimera we just need one, one chimera sorry yep and then the the speed of this is i've then got a squad of three Tauros. so these are the mm. elysium or elysium however you say it, um sort of dune buggies that were, um, originally kind of uh, uh fast deployable parachutable whatever you want to go drop droppable everywhere uh but they just look super cool and if you actually put the the wheels on upside down as in you don't connect the the detail in these kits is just stunning but if if you turn them upside down you give yourself probably about a wheel clearance of about four mil five mil and suddenly they look like doom buggies they look like they've got that super soft suspension that allows them just to you know leap dunes. Um, so I'm going, running three of those. Now, this is a really
0: interesting point, actually, Stephen, kind of is something that we spoke about right at the beginning, and I think it's worth touching on now. There are a number of units in the new Munitorum Field Map Manual um, yep. that, well, well, or should I say, there are a number of units that aren't in the new Munitorum Field Manual. So uh, a huge swathe of the previous Forge World 8th edition units are no longer in the published uh, field manual. So for Astra Militarum, that does also include all of the Elysian specific units, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it does.
0: So if you are a fan, like myself, of Elysian drop troops, then uh, be prepared to run them as Astro Militarum for now. Your Elysian drop sentinels are now just sentinels. Your um, Tauros buggies and the um las cannon variants the six wheel ones are yeah. are now i guess something else um and you've you've decided to run them as sentinels haven't you
1: well that's what i've pointed them as but, but i might pointed them as I yeah but the but, but the power level's the same from the index as well so the the sentinels are three each and the the, the assault buggies are three each um i i am imagining that most of my games i take this to um my opponents will be should be happy that they i'm going to play them as they are um especially at three power level because i think you can make a sentinel a lot nastier than the, the buggies are mm. with las cannons and all that sort of stuff on them um so i don't know it, it, yes like i say the the friends i play with are all fine with it so for me it looks right in the army they go like the clappers gives
0: you gives you flexibility at the end of the day doesn't it you know you've you could fear i mean they're probably they might overhang a 60 mil base i guess but they're a relatively similar footprint aren't they yeah yeah um and you Uh, can uh, run them as uh buggies if you have an opponent that that is uh, flexible and if you have someone where you're playing perhaps a pickup game at club with someone you're not You don't know as well, or or who wants to have a more modern match play experience. You could easily run them at Sentinels.
1: Yeah, exactly. And if anything, I'm losing because even with the suspension jacked up, they're nowhere near as tall as Sentinels. So I'm losing all sorts of line of sight opportunities. So you know, I mean, it's not as if I've got these leaping off dunes at six inches off the table just so that I can see things behind cover, if, if you like.
0: Yeah. Although that is a that is a double edged sword. You know, you can't see over things because you're not as tall. Yeah, uh, but equally you can't be seen because you are smaller. So yes, yeah, it's, it's a bit of give or take. And I, I, but that's the kind of social contract that we all enter into when we when we play Warhammer with each other, isn't it? It's kind of it's a, a mutual understanding of what each of us wants to get out of the game. And if you want to run your buggies as sentinels, and someone says, well, like yes, they are technically sentinels, but can we agree that you know if you hide behind a two-inch wall, I, I can see them because they shouldn't be that high. then that's something you you can kind of discuss before the game. The, the, yeah. I think the worst thing would be is to Come to a, a shaky agreement without kind of being on the specifics, and then get to a, a two-inch wall, and for your opponent to be like, "Okay, well now, now I feel like I've been I've uh, been mugged off." Because, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, exactly. I mean? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I, to be communication
0: honest, is key. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, even you're, not, you're not playing in that environment, though, are you? I'm
1: not. That, that's that's not that's not how I play normally. So, um so yeah, uh, probably worst case of maybe two lists would be probably the best thing, and bring something else, which is all legit if i'm going to something that's a bit stricter in the match play so but yes i have got three of them and they are quite cool in that they got 15 inch move which is groovy um and if they go over 10 inches they get a five up in one love it which you know which is doesn't cool. make doesn't imagine make it doesn't make it. That... <laughs> exactly <laughs> imagine all the
0: sound they're kicking out so it, here's
1: it it h- here's, hit them. here's a question for you go for it so I've got three of them. I've got two with grenade launchers and one with heavy flamers. Heavy flamer, fine, no problem at all. Obviously, the Tauros grenade launcher is, isn't in the rules, but it does have a frag grenade. So if I'm looking in the rules at the back to see what is blast, counts as blast hmm uh, you can see where i'm going here
0: yeah
1: grenade launchers are blast weapons so would it be realistic to say that the taros grenade launcher with a frag grenade is equivalent to blast Well, that is a very interesting question steve <laughs> and i think it's
0: something you should discuss with your opponents at the start of the game. <laughs> and i think you know if you look at the you know here's here's some examples of blast weapons Frag Bomb, Frag Cannon, Frag Grenade, Frag Storm Grenade Launcher, Grenade Harness, Grenade Launcher, Grenadier Gauntlet. You know, I, I think um, Phantasm Grenade Launcher, phosphex Bombs, Photon Grenade, Plasma Grenade, out Grenade, <laughs> Ravenwing Grenade Launcher.
1: I think I'm pretty safe, aren't I?
0: I think you're pretty safe. Um, Wrist Mounted Grenade Launcher. <laughs> 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 the list goes on or it doesn't because that's the last entry um but uh there are a number of other grenade weapons which all have the blast i think you're very safe to say that you know if you, and equally bearing in mind you are essentially using uh an index model you know a legends model whatever we're going to call it yeah yeah so by the time someone is of the type of person and it's the type of game where they've agreed to let you use a model that doesn't exist in in the kind of modern match play environment, I suspect that they're the kind of person to say yes to that. And so equally, my... <laughs> the kind of person that says, actually, I am I would much rather play a more matched play focus, you know, 2020 ninth edition rules only yeah. uh, kind of thing. Well, that's already answered your question, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. So the frag grenade is Assault 2d6. It's only strength three, no AP, one damage. But that, that into a horde of models is actually quite nasty, isn't it? Oh,
0: yeah, absolutely. So, so what, what made you go for one flamer
1: then? Um, I, so I guess I see these guys as being the eyes of the Falcons. So they're not there to get tangled in. They're not there to hold anyone back. They're literally to see what's going on, get it checked, so that that then goes back via radio. So the ambush can be set or the, you know, the, the, the position can be moved or whatever it is. So the 36 inch range on the grenade launcher felt much smarter now the realism is we're still only playing on a 6x4 and i'll be overrun quite quickly well
0: except we won't be playing on a 6x4 will we steve
1: no we'll be playing on the minimum size table <laughs> on a four in- by whatever <laughs> which includes <laughs> oh well those sure yeah on a- on a uh, combat patrol table will be much smaller yes that's true that's true um uh, but I-, I think i think for me it just felt like having one heavy flamer as a support for the other two, just to be honest, I've got the models, so if I play it wrong and it doesn't work, I can spend one requisition point and swap and out the, weapons. The, the the
0: outlook and the outlook, yeah. the uh, the lowdown
1: yeah so i I think that's that feels that'll only cost me one game to do that won't
0: it? yeah easily easily. Done. <laughs> no, I like that so, <laughs> one of your
1: one of your many losing games <laughs> yeah against against Fevenfoot. <laughs> foot. <Thiefenfoot. laughs> <Right. laughs> <laughs> So that gives me my speed. Yeah, I did want to give it some some support. So the idea behind this some combat, punch? some punch, yes. And
0: we're but at twenty two like, power level at the moment, aren't we? Uh, I mean, yes. that was a re- I, yeah. yes. Yes, we are. no,
1: twenty two power. You pounds. are, you are. <laughs> <laughs> Your maths is with it, strong. <laughs> 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 I've got combat roster literally every in front of me. <laughs> it's
0: one of those radio questions, wasn't it? You know, like, yeah. So, Steve, that I guess you must have some a few spare points, at, you know, maybe three power level. And you go, why, yes, Dan, and I've, I've spent my last three power level on this unit here. That's that's the way I was kind of going with this. If, if you only had professionals working for you. If only. Man. You just can't get the staff these days. <laughs> three. So, so, Steve, what did you spend your last
1: three power level on? <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> well, I thought we needed some heavy support. <laughs> so the idea being this combat patrol is about to go into a dangerous area. You would have some dudes on overwatch some guys literally just watching out in case there's any trouble uh maybe giving us some support fire if everyone has to withdraw after contact with the enemy so we've got a heavy weapon squad love it so
0: three bases for three
1: power level yes nice and easy yep yep um and i've gone for a similar theme so we've got two rocket um again just because it's classic talan and it's flexible and and a cheeky auto cannon um interesting I'm, I'm not entirely interesting. sure why I just really like the look of it auto cannons are really
0: cool i I can see why you'd like it I am just never a fan of mixing weapon types yeah and and what what heavy weapon have you got you've got a a rocket launcher in your um troop squad haven't you
1: yeah 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 but what I've done what I've done with the base um for the rocket team in the squad, I've not used the blast shield and the bipod because the idea is that that's more like the original metal model. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a lightweight rocket team. When it comes to heavy weapon squads, they've got the blast shield and the bipod. So I oh, hope okay, they're... so
0: they're kind of like man man carrying them. Yeah. Like like an rpg or something whereas the uh the, the heavy weapons squad themselves are kind of like de- deploying it like a, a static weapon system
1: a kind of milan or sort of something like toe something like that compared to something it's a bit more like, a, like a, a javelin yeah yeah exactly exactly um so yeah so yeah going back to the point somebody else sped to me i said oh you're mixing your you're mixing your heavy weapon squad and i think um i can see the i can see what's it, it might make some people twitch. My argument is that these guys are uh, kind of elite desert warriors, so they get to break a few rules. They get to arm themselves how they think they. Because in in some ways, they're not part of a battle line. Where I mean, it's
0: it's much less of an issue in these editions when you can allocate your your hits before you. You roll dice so it's just it's just i think it's very much a hangover of previous editions isn't it right where, okay. where units had to shoot at the same same thing oh, i
1: see i see what you're saying yes 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 that makes sense
0: whereas whereas now you can kind of say right this I don't know, you know, let's a classic example would be a tactical squad, right? You know, you want a tactical squad with like a flame and a missile launcher only really made sense if you combat squatted them and split them up. Whereas now you can fire your bolt guns and your flamers at something that's in front of you in close range. Meanwhile, you can fire one, one missile launcher shot elsewhere in another direction. So yeah, so it's very much a a non-issue in this case. It's just, you know, one of those things of like, oh God, it's, it's not, it's not what I'm expecting.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No. So. Uh, so. Yeah. So that that fleshes out my twenty five power level um, combat patrol of the one hundred and fifty second Talan Sakers. Fantastic.
0: That's really exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing it. How How's it How's it fit sort of hobby wise?
1: Yeah. Uh, so all the infantry is done. Uh, As in assembled, done. Assembled, done. Yeah. So assembled, ready for paint. Um, Taurus are ready. Chimera's are done. So this is all ready to go. I'm a good chunk through the rest of the armor as well. Um, And hopefully by the end of the weekend, they'll all be done and ready for undercoat. And then the process for painting them is very much um, kind of techniques rather than painty brushy stuff, if that makes any sense. Um, No, but Uh, go go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, with, with tanks where you've got big flat surfaces or you've you've got these sort of big areas for me it's airbrush your airbrush down your, your basics but then i what i tend to do is, is is get that all down and then do a really scary thing which is to gloss varnish everything um which you, obviously you end up with kind of fisher price my first lehman russ shiny toy but what that allows you to do it protects all the acrylic airbrush and then it lets you apply things like oil washes so you can do your panel pin washes it also allows you to do things like weathering and all of that kind of sits on top and then doesn't affect the airbrush you've done underneath it's almost like a filter isn't it yes exactly and in some ways what i'm going to do is i'm going to do sort of graduations on a lot of the panels and, and actually when you when it's done to that stage before you do any weathering it kind of looks a bit stark it's like oh it's a bit graduated it looks a bit airbrushy but by the time you've done the filters on top if you don't have that kind of level of distinction you just ends up being flat and you might as well not bothered in the first place so it's just about getting that kind of variation and then the one challenge i've got is i want to obviously have darker recesses so the you know oil washes will do that but then i then want to still want to sit on top some dust weathering powders so again you don't want to end up kind of airbrush a, a sand tank put everything on it and then put a load of sand on top of it and you end up with a sand looking tank at the end
0: yeah no that makes sense so you're gonna go for like a darker weathering powder at the base
1: yes so darker at the base um and then and then what i want to do is then go back and we do some uh, edge chipping and again for me the level of which this is going to work um so these guys can't look factory fresh They are operating behind enemy lines. They've been fighting. But in the same way, they're not like a lost battle group that have been out in the desert for, you know, 40 weeks and everything's hanging off it. So I've actually got an Atlas uh, recovery tank with a repair kit on board. So um, although they would be in action, they're going to be looked after. So the level of chipping needs to be that right balance between seeing some action but looked after and it's very easy to overcook the chipping if you're sponging it on it can easily end up looking like it's been chucked in the rock tumbler so uh, but you can always go back and fix that but um I think for me, that's it. And then with the other thing I haven't decided on yet is how I'm going to use the vehicle definition numbers, the recognition numbers, The mm. how do they apply? I don't really want to put like the three stripes on the front sides. Of oh, it.
0: yeah. The kind of classic thing.
1: Yeah. It, uh, it just kind of feels like something an elite unit wouldn't need to use because no one needs to recognize them as friendly because there are no friendlies yeah um so what
0: about what about from the top only so to the, yeah. the air support can see it
1: yeah that would be nice that would be nice um yeah it does need to have a little bit of color in there and obviously i've got all the kit and um, supplies and stuff hanging off the sides but again i, I you know no one's going to have a you know a red carry rucksack on the side of the tank so you know it would be, it'd be quite cool so yeah on top might be quite good especially with the um we've kind of got nice flat areas on top of the chimera and we've got mm. the air filters on the back of the uh the lima Russ. so yeah so i i, I will fix that uh, i did toy with the idea of barcodes but i think it doesn't feel 40k it feels clever but not 40k enough so barcodes we'll just do like barcodes on the t- turret sides so that you can interesting r- feels a bit more tau than it does
0: yeah no i guess it could work you know like a kind of yeah it could work
1: yeah i guess it's it, who's going to have the kit to read it and i don't see an infantryman mm. with a rocket launcher being able to go yeah that's one of ours yeah so i yeah i, I don't know, i'm just exploring options really but
0: Yeah, makes sense. Now, um, what uh, battlefield role is an Atlas recovery tank?
1: So that's uh, an an elite. Ah,
0: Interesting. So I'm just looking at the (laughs) the new. (laughs) (laughs) Hold it together, Mitchell. (laughs) Just looking at the new uh, munitorum field manual, Steve. (laughs) Under elite astromunitorum. We have Cyclox Demolition Vehicle and the Hades Breaching uh, breaching Drill Squadron.
1: Can you look again? I'm sure it must be there. <laughs> it's not there, mate. <laughs> oh. I can't help myself, can I? So you can have a Trojan Support Vehicle. Yeah, it's not quite the same, though, is it? Uh, I suppose not. I mean, it's literally
0: not, but no. But, um,
1: yeah, I, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I mean, actually, probably the again if i went to a very strict uh, match play environment um then i would probably use it as that it's probably close enough isn't it and mm. it actually gives a bit more of a practical role because it can carry some dudes and that
0: said your atlas is is based off uh, a Lehman russ isn't it so yes mine is although well no as said, in ones what the atlas is in general are they not based off a russ chassis whereas no. the trailers are based off a chimera chassis
1: yes yes you're right atlas yeah. is a uh, yeah
0: so I guess you could always just, you know, run it as a, li- a Leighton Russ, given that it's the same size. It just doesn't have a turret, I guess. No, I yeah. can't. I can't.
1: No, I can't. bring No, can't <laughs> <reason for that. laughs> no. Right, it wouldn't work, would it? <laughs> no. no. Uh, I'm just trying to think what you could do, but then... I'd just drop it out and use something else. If, if, if I find myself enjoying match play and I want to take it along, I will have different things to make up the points. Yeah. so I, I I don't make feel anyone feel awkward or troublesome if I go to narrative events, I can check ahead and just say, "I'm bringing a couple of index things. is that all right?" and they can say yes or no yeah, that makes sense but most of my games are going to be mates' games, and um yeah the, the you know five power level for an Atlas recovery tank that allows me to repair d three wounds on a single vehicle, not sure if it's really. Friggin' <laughs> much to the party for five power level is it
0: no no that's true that is very true well i think you know it's it's important to have this kind of have an idea isn't it at the end of the day isn't it yeah an, yeah. an atlas is five and a trojan is five so you could always take an, a tech priest engine seer for another two and then you've got a dude that repairs things inside a kind of techy looking vehicle but obviously that then it's a kind of a chassis not a tank chassis so yeah yeah so no, just just uh, just throw it out there. I just like the I just like sabotaging a list, Steve. That's <laughs> well, well, I know that that's you, what I'm here
1: for. <laughs> you'll be a good boy, Dan, and you'll have a nice proper match playlist, won't you? So the listeners will get two sides of the two bites of the apple.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that, you know, I guess that kind of does bring me on to the struggles that I've uh I've felt with mine, um, which we can get into once you're once you're done talking about your list.
1: Yeah, no, I I think I'm pretty much there. I, I'm kinda happy with the the twenty five, how the games go would decide how it grows, but I do have um plenty of options in the other models that I've got and got coming. So yeah, I'm excited to play them and I think looking at the stratagems I can use. Um the abilities that they have being Talan. Um uh, yeah, I think I think we can obviously do another show where we talk about stratagems and strategies for it and how we're gonna build it. But um because there's things like when I get my tank commander on, you know, he can have some abilities that come from the um psychic awakening book. Yeah, oh, definitely covers them. So you've got to have those goodies, haven't you?
0: Yeah. And so just just to check what uh you spent two requisitions, did you? One on your warlord trait and one on your relic? Yes. Okay, so you've got three in the bank, have
1: you? Yes.
0: Have you got a Crusade journal? Not yet. Will you be getting one tomorrow? Hopefully. Sweet. I want to see these. I, I want to see your crusade journals. <laughs> I, want to, I want to. We want to share. Share the crusade. We'll fill them out and like put unit names in. I suppose I need to work out whether I need to be using pen or pencil because you know I don't want to be like you know writing things impermanently if I need to like change things around. But I suppose you're always adding to your lists, aren't you? Not taking away. Yeah. Unless unless you've got a battle scar and then you pay to remove it. So meh, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. I don't, yeah. Or you can you're going to rearm something. So I, th- I think pencil's safest. Yeah, fair one.
0: Right, so that's Steve's list, and then next week we will be doing mine. Um, yeah. And the problem that I've come across is, is you know, as you can probably tell by the way I've sabotaged Stephen's Forge World uh, ambitions throughout the episode, is essentially the um, the Renegades and Heretics Forge World list doesn't exist anymore because yeah. the four draw elements have been brought into the Munitorum field manual and they're just not there so it's not a case of like the krieg where they've updated it or the some of the Astro Militarum stuff is still there the much like the legion drop troops the renegade cults and militia whatever we want to call it is is just gone so that has put me in a slightly interesting position in that i i was kind of talking about building two lists and uh, I guess it's made everything a lot easier because I just need to make one list now. Yeah. Or, or one style of list. Um, so it has given me uh, kind of a lot of food for thought of, okay, so, you know, if I was going to use, if I was going to use like Renegade and Heretics, I was going to use this squad as X, but I also want to uh, have the ability to use it as Astro arm and vice versa. And it's kind of given me a bit of a, a pause to kind of think like, well, that's really frustrating because I had in mind some of these slightly more niche chaos units kind of the more esoteric stuff to use as uh like you know beastmen and things like that and kind of rav- raving cultists with hand weapons but that kind of thing doesn't really exist in the Astro arm rules so um it's kind of it's going to be a more difficult discussion i think because i could build a beastman unit and if it didn't work out or if i wasn't playing with the chaos rules i could just maybe the filter them in amongst the uh you know, Astra militarum yeah. but I'd still have a reason to build them. Whereas now, I guess I don't. So unless I just go for filtering, but then that would that was only ever going to be a kind of like a oh, what if situation. I, I, there's no need to build a, a squad of beastmen because they don't have a place. Yeah, so it has it has made things a little bit more difficult. I would say. Is it is it
1: kind of put you off? Are you looking elsewhere, or do you think because I think things like the psychers and the rabble and the you know I think there were certain things that gave that army it flavor
0: yeah um i don't want to say it's put me off but it has kind of it has kind of almost like it's taken the wind out of my sails a little bit and, sure. it, and i know i'm awful for this with projects you know like getting all excited for things and then and then stopping things um it's kind of been like oh right oh okay well you know that's frustrating um and especially it is you know with the forge world upgrade kits and you know the blackstone fortress models it's it's a, a unique army that i can't expand easily so it's definitely kind of without when I had the rules and with a limited supply of models, I, I felt like, okay, you know, at least I've got a reason to do it because I can use these cool, unique rules. Whereas now I don't have those rules. And um, I think I am, you know, because of my approach to the game, I would prefer to run a a more, I guess, pure style of list rather than dipping into kind of eighth edition indexes, yeah. you know, that kind of thing um just because of the the environment that I I've played most of my games in. Uh so yeah, so that's that's kind of where I'm at. So that's the kind of like uh, the the teaser for next episode that you know we'll hopefully over the, over the next week I'll have put some thought to it and, w- and made a made a master plan. But um I, I guess the beauty of the crusade system is that I only need to make a 25-power list. Yes. So if I just build 25 power of, you know, and and bearing in mind we've just gone through your list which has essentially 22 models in it yeah you know some in fact no that's that's it's got even less that's that's including my atlas tank that I, I added into it let's remove that it's got 19 models in it yeah so a company commander an infantry squad a master of ordnance three sentinels or buggies uh three heavy weapon bases and a chimera yeah. so for 25 power and 19 models like that could be the army now i've already got a, a, a huge chunk more than that here you know unmade and stuff but it's whether i kind of go right is the 25 power enough and that kind of ticks the box i do a couple of cool conversions but that's it and do i actually use this as an opportunity a kind of like games workshop said oh we're no longer doing these rules um you know they're, they're not what something we're supporting at the moment so i go okay well if that's the case i don't feel the need to build a 2000 point army or, or a 100 power army with them uh, i'll focus on something else or and this is i think where the kind of like level of optimism is coming in, is I'm wondering whether Renegade Guard Codex might come, or some sort of, you know, Lost in the Damned style list. Yeah. Because we saw it for Silver Tower in Age of Sigmar, didn't we, when um, things like the... Uh, disciples of zinch the zangor came out so that's where zang the zangor that you can get in thousand suns armies first came out when the warhammer quest silver tower box came out and yeah. then they released them for uh Age of sigma and then they released them with a- an upgrade kit for 40k so it's really interesting do we see what else has been copied so the dark oath chieftain who was one of the kind of playable models in silver tower yeah uh, there have been a number of uh, of other uh, models of a similar so we had the the dark Earth war queen and then we had uh a war cry war band that was kind of modeled on the same thing, right? The kind of yep. untamed beasts. That,
1: is that, is that what they are? That kind of vibe? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're not the untamed beasts, but yeah, that, no, they're, that...
0: they're not, they're, they're not, I'm talking rubbish.
1: Um, um, but
0: beast, beast, there was a beast grave, an underworld's war band. That's right. Yeah. So, getting, so I'd th- get there at the end. So yeah, I'm wondering whether we can see, um, we will see like, uh, you know, chaos, imperial guard or chaos guard, whatever, um, because that's something that they might want to expand on from uh blackstone fortress.
1: Maybe I'd- I'd quite like to see the, the twenty five power level made and played for funds and seeing you know how you spend your requisition and how it grows and then whether you end up having that as the core of something bigger whether it stays the same or whether you say actually I'm going to add ten power level of demons that are now leading them or they're now part of them or that they've they've changed into and just you you don't have it doesn't have to be a Thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand points worth of an army as a project you can add bits and pieces in and out for playing different types of games with different types of people i think it's super flexible
0: yeah no i like that approach i like it but yeah that's that's where i'm at, at the moment and uh we shall we shall discuss more next week right steve you will hopefully be posting at some point in the f- near future some progress pictures of your talent won't you Oh, well, yep, absolutely. And where yes. can people find those pictures?
1: Uh, so they can definitely find us on our hashtag, which is keep calm and crusade on. But if you're looking for me specifically, I'm on Twitter and I am tinracersteve.
0: I am at dangermouse425, but most importantly... Uh, Both Steve's and my Crusade Armies will be retweeted from the podcast account, which on Twitter is at AOTI40K. That's the same on Instagram, on Facebook. And you can also, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, send us an email, which is ashesoftheimperium at gmail.com. Right, so one last thing before we wrap up is we did a competition on Twitter for the hero models. In fact, not just Twitter, on Twitter and Instagram, uh, for the hero models, uh, for the Space Marines, a couple of hero models from the new Indomitus box set. So what we are going to do now is we are going to uh, use a funky automatic picker selectory thing for the Instagram model, which is, I believe, the Lieutenant. Nice. So, instagram.com forward slash aoti 40 k 50th episode giveaway. Here we go. Here we go. celebrate aoti 40k reaching the grand old age of 50 episodes we're giving away some awesome hashtag new 40k models so this received 46 likes go us nice and just need to somehow copy the link copy link paste it into this free instagram comment and i did not comment i want likes well this is this is terrible (laughs) this is not instagram like picker here we go woobox Woobox woobox.com let's give that a go pick winner sign up don't want to sign up woobox sod off free instagram simplifiers.com here we go let's give this a go right number of winners one right this is disappointing <laughs> right that's it we've got <laughs> <It's> 14 winners <laughs> uh right i've got a d6 in my hand i've <laughs> <got> <laughs> literally i can only see a six-sided dice i've got
1: i've got percentage ones here hang on what do you need
0: right <clears throat> 40 no, no, no there's there's 45 people who have liked our post I'm going to roll a dice, and that'll be the tens, and Steve's going to roll a dice, and that'll be the, uh, the digits. Right, yeah, my D10. Yes.
1: My D10's ready. Let's oh, do you've this.
0: got a D10 of you? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you do the tens, and I'll do the digits. Right. Roll me up. So um, let's, let's make it simple. We're going to have to halve it, aren't we? Yes. Yeah, so roll a dice and halve it, and we will round up.
1: How does this get yes. so complicated?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Right, just roll a dice, and if it's more than five, roll it again. Four! Four, there we go. Right, so the 40. Oh, I wrote a six. A... Oh, no, 46. Liked by someone and 45 others. That means literally the last person on the list. <laughs> Who is the last person on the list? It is Dan X Dub. Let's click on them. Are they a Russian porn bot? They're not. <laughs> so, congratulations, Dan X Dub. You've one yeah. uh, won on uh, Instagram our uh, primary lieutenant. Amazing. Easy. Yeah, there we go. go worked out <laughs> take 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 that instagram automatic picker bots we we use dice we use right. dice yeah next one twitter off we go to twitter where is it competition here we go So win the i mean the chance of the ah no wait a minute so instagram was the captain did i say lieutenant before you did i did i'm sorry dan you've won the cap yes that's what it says on the on the post you've won whatever you've won whatever (laughs) to win the primaries captain yes on instagram you've won the captain well done dan x dub and in order to to win the lieutenant we've got 84 retweets and comments and 94 likes so have you got a d100 there
1: i've actually got a d8 you've
0: got a d8 yeah so just retweet
1: like and follow so So we'll use the the retweets then so how many is that 84 84 so here's the first is the eight is a two so that's 20
0: 20 and then uh go roll me up your d10 i'll
1: roll a d10 seven 27
0: right start from the top one Two, three, with comments and then without comments. One, two, 27, uh, four, so three, four, five, six, seven, eight. This is great radio. Six. Good job, everybody. 79. 20, 21. <laughs> what, are we, what do we want? 22, 23, 27, 24, 25, 26, 27. Right. So, at not st paddy on twitter right has won the uh the other model whichever it was lieutenant or captain <laughs> <laughs> ah the so congratulations at not st paddy you have yes. won the uh the other one well done you so if those two people we will tag them when we release this episode yep and uh well done them yeah <laughs> eventually oh, he lives in los angeles uh-oh Oh, international competition winner. Don't worry, I'll, I'll, pay, I'll pay for postage. So there we go. Boom. Congratulations, yeah. team. Well done. Yep. Uh, so yep. All that remains is to wish you very happy hobbying. Keep calm and crusade on.
1: <laughs> Cheers, guys.